Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Good evening, everyone. On this Monday, March 12th, welcome to the Combat Sports Show. I'd like to introduce the host of the show, Brian. How you doing, bud? Doing good here, Jason. How are you? Uh, just sitting here watching it rain. <laughs> watching it rain. Lovely. Uh, yeah, hey, we're almost to summertime. Enjoy it now. Yeah, well, you don't really have to say that. It doesn't get above 70 in the summertime down there. 74 sometimes. Whoa. Do you even I have remember one summer, it almost hit... No, it almost hit 75 one summer. So, um, let me guess. You don't have an AC in your house. Don't need it. I got a don't fan. Need it, yeah. I got a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of liking this weather because once summer hits, it's going to be like 110, 112 up here, down here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's the only thing I don't I miss you. about Lake County. As I was gonna say, you don't miss you don't miss that at all, do you? No, actually, when when you're living in it, you, you're kind of used to it. It's not that bad. No, you you can't get used to it when it's that hot, dude. I'm sorry. I've been working. No, in dude, this I didn't mind. Up here. Yeah, yeah, it didn't bother me when I lived there. I, I worked the pear sheds in the summertime. You know, you're standing outside all day. No problem. Mm. Yeah, still, I just don't. Now, if I it. I need to move to some place where it could stay anywhere from about 80 to 90. I'm perfect. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, that's that's good weather. But, you know, in Lake County, it's only 110, 100, 107 for a couple of weeks in the summertime. It doesn't last all summer. No, but, you know, I don't mind it when it's like 32. That's tolerable. But when you get into that... You get into that week or two stretch where it's 107, 108 plus. Yeah. That's miserable. What's that? that? That's the late July stretch. Oh, man. I remember one time I went swimming down there, and I got out of the car. I was with my son, and the walk from the car to the, the lake, it was like, man, there's like 500 extra pounds dragging us down. It was so yeah. hot. Oh man, it's yeah, ridiculous. I uh my dad was telling me him and my mom went down to Vegas. You know, I don't mm-hmm. even think I was born yet. And he walked out of the uh, hotel he was in in Vegas. And he goes it was so hot that you could feel the heat radiating up radiating off the uh, parking lot. Yeah. And he goes and he did, he didn't even think why they had, you know, um these tunnels that go back and forth to each casino so you didn't have to go outside. My dad figured uh-huh. out why they had them. Yeah. So you didn't have to go out there. My dad said it, it, he looked at a thermometer outside. It was 132. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I went to Vegas in, in 2007 in April. And mm. April's not the warmest month in the world. You know that and I know that in, in our area. And yeah. in Vegas, it was already in the 90s. Outside, it was beautiful, but it was in the 90s. And my buddy and I, we were walking. We went through this UFC event, but we we had to go to the Pearl. 
uh, or, or the Palms, the Palms Hotel yeah. from where we were. We were over by, right next to the MGM Grand. And oh, wow. my buddy and I, yeah, we looked it up on, on the maps or whatever, and it's only a mile. It's like barely over a mile to walk. We're like, man, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks for a cab to go a mile. And so we yeah. walked. And we're just we're, we got there. We're like, dude, that was stupid. <laughs> it was a long walk. I mean, I I got lucky. I went down to Arizona last year for Rick, you know, our buddy Rick Lindsay. You know, he got married last year, and mm-hmm. I went down there for I don't know four or five days. And we got lucky. I mean, it, I took the highest. Now, granted, the highest uh, temperature we saw was on the day of the wedding, and it was an outdoor wedding, so we're all sitting there just sweating bullets, but. Because there was no shade, but it was uh, that it hit eighty six. That was the first part of March. Eighty six. That's not too bad out throughout there. No, but that that's the beginning of March. Yeah. And what yeah, was funny? That's pretty hot. I I leave there. I leave eighty degree weather there. Mm-hmm. Then I run into rain coming home, and then by the time I get home, it's snowing. <laughs> I just like. <laughs> It was uh, a 50-degree temperature difference and, and, yeah, and about a 900-fan. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Your truck's probably like, what the hell is this guy doing to me? Oh, man. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, first you know, first thing, you know, I'm leaving the 80-degree weather. Then I hit, you know, down by Palm Springs and down there in the desert. Yeah. Then we hit, you know, I, hit, I was hitting monsoon winds. I mean, I think the winds are blowing like 50, 60 miles an hour. Then I get nice. on the other side of the get, – get it right about Bakersfield, I – just it was like a torrential downpour till I get into Livermore. Nice weather all the yeah. way driving up and hit the top of the mountain right here at Mount St. Helena, right there at Robert Louis Stevenson. And yeah. it starts it was like that all the way home. I'm like, this is just a weird trip. All in a twelve hour period. I've seen about no, I've seen about great. every Yeah, I've seen warm sunshine to high winds to torrential downpour to snow. <laughs> I'm like yeah. All right, this is kind of kind of weird, but oh well. Yeah, that's nuts. So, we got it was kind of a slow weekend for MMA last weekend. We had an LFA event, which was pretty fun, but that featured Nick Newell. I don't know if you ever heard of Nick Newell. He uh no, he's I have it. You know, he used to fight for World Series of Fighting and He's a pretty good fighter. I believe he's a welterweight. Um, I'd have to look up exactly what weight class. I'm pretty sure he's a welterweight. But uh, he's fairly famous for – no, he's a he's a lightweight, 155 pounds. He he took – well, he's, he did, he's done pretty good in his career, but he took on Sonny Luke. Um, Nick, he uh, – He's only had one loss. He's 14 wins and one loss. So that's a pretty good record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think. I mean, we yeah. only lose one. His fight. only loss. Yeah. His only loss was to Justin Gaethje, and you know Justin Gaethje over in the UFC yeah. now. Um, yeah. But he lost him when he was in the uh, World Series of Fighting. Well, and that was by Kale. Well, Nick Newell. He only has one arm. A full arm. One arm. His other Yeah, he only has one arm. His other arm is 
Oh wow. Never I yeah. Never knew a guy could fight with one arm. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, he uh he's a professional fighter. Like I said, this is his fifteenth fight this weekend. With wow. one arm. Yeah. So uh it's kinda different, you know. It's it's weird. You watch him fight. He's pretty good, like I said. I mean, he's won 15 or 14 fights. But he gets he gets regulated. Uh, the athletic commission licensed him to fight. You, you know, it's uh and, and he wins. He doesn't just knock people out. He he won this weekend with a submission. <clears throat> with the one on. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So the guy's a good wrestler. And he's he's got some power, so I don't know, man. What do you think? What you, you know? He's obviously doing well for himself in the cage, even with one arm. Hey, more power to him. I mean, I you can't. I mean, there, there's a guy coming out of college right now. He's a linebacker. I don't know. Did uh-huh. you watch any of the combine? So I mean, the guy is a linebacker. Well, you know how. You know how the um, how these linebackers, you know, tackling and all that stuff. Yeah, he's got. Well, he's only got one hand. I mean, that, that's a little different. But I mean, it's not like he only has one arm. But yeah, the guy has one hand. I'm like, how in the heck can you catch a ball and tackle people with only you know one hand? But. I've watched some of the. I've watched some game tape on this kid. The kid's really good. And I mean, now granted, the guy's only fighting with one arm. That's a lot different than just one hand. I mean, at least he has the rest of his arm to help him out. But hey, more power to him if he can. If he if he can succeed having an ailment like that, hey, more power to you. Yeah, no, he's got two arms. Uh, like I said, the other one goes past his elbow, but there's there's nothing. There, it's like a, a a shortened forearm with no hands. Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, what uh, this. I can't remember what college that kid was coming from. It's kind of like that same thing. I guess the kid ended up yeah. coming down with some sort of disease. It was some sort of, um, I think it was a heart defect or something. I can't really, I, I don't really know. But he uh-huh. ended up having, um, he had his whole hand removed. Oh wow! When he was about like four or five years old. That's crazy. And, but he, uh, decided to pursue a football career and now he's in the NFL draft. And I'm expecting him to go in the late first round, early second round. I mean, the kid's good. And he's, and yeah. he's a good person. He's not like a lot of the, a lot of the thug football players. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's very humble. Oh, that's cool. But hey, um, if people can go into professional sports with an ailment like that, hey, more power to you. You know, yeah, he, he lost his arm when he was born. So he he learned, you know, right off the bat how to how to work his arm. Um, and he wrestled in high school and uh, up through college, I guess. Um, one of the one of the funny things about it is he was roommates with a WWE wrestler, current WWE wrestler Kurt Hawkins. 
and mm. they that's when he decided he was going to be a MMA fighter because they would watch Raw and then the Ultimate Fighter uh, years ago because yeah. that that has been on for twenty years it seems um, no not twenty years but the Ultimate Fighter's been on for man I, I say going on thirteen years now you know that wow yeah because I remember <laughs> watching Ultimate Fighter back in two thousand five. Yeah, see, I got out of the MMA. I was I've been out of MMA for a long time. You know that. I mean, yeah. you got me back into it. Back, I I can't remember which one it was. I want to say either UFC two or UFC three. And I was in it for a little bit, and then I just kind of lost all contact with it after I went into the service back in what ninety four. Yep. And that's kind of when I um, lost all contact with boxing as well. I didn't really get back into anything like that here until about the last, I would say, two years. Boxing, anyway, um, MMA, I didn't really start getting back into it until you and I started our radio show a little over a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and you still don't know anything about it. Go figure. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Dickhead. No, this is a... It was. It, it's pretty interesting. Um I don't really see a problem with it. I mean, he can, his forearm is, he's basically missing the hand. Um, he can defend himself very well. They grab you with it. He's very, his dexterity is very high with that arm. So I don't see a problem with it. You know, it's, um, yeah. it is different and it's a combat sport. And if something puts you at a disadvantage, I would think, a hundred percent get the guy out of there, but he's proven that, you know, he may not ever be a top level fighter putting him at a disadvantage against anybody. So I'm with you. I say, let him go. I mean, honestly, I know the way, um, I know the way Dana White works. Dana White's all mm-hmm. about money, money, right? He doesn't give, yeah, to it about any type of ranking system. Oh, no, you no, you have no. That's what I mean. That's why I said Dana White. Well, it's um, not just him. It's it's the UFC. It's the, it's the, not him. He doesn't make all the matches. He's not the one that finalizes and agrees on these things. He, he probably has a word in on the matchmaking and, and everything else, these matches together and decide well, who's going to fight who. Not him. He's he's but not the only know, one in charge of it. Well, I know, but the only reason I'm throwing his name out there is because that's the only name we see. That's the only person. Yeah. That's the only face we see of UFC. Now, well, there's Sean he keeps Shelby and like all that. I mean, he keeps winning like this. I can see Dana White putting him into the UFC because it would be a money draw. People would want to see this guy in the ring or in the octagon. Honestly, well, you know, we could see him for free on, on the weekend. You know, he fights on Access TV. That was a free card. But what I'm saying is I could see him maybe somewhere down the road in the next year, year and a half, mm-hmm. maybe getting a U.S. contract. Because he would actually, yeah. people would pay And again, like I said, with that kind of a record, that's, that's, nothing to laugh at. I mean, 14-1 and one is pretty good. I mean, now, granted, he's not fighting 
people from Bellator or people from UFC. I mean, these are lower end fighters. I understand that. But he's doing this with an arm and a half, basically. Yeah, I mean, the guy he fought was, the guy he fought has been in uh, Bellator, but he's eight wins and now seven losses. It's not like he has a stellar record. You know, it'd be it'd be it's a, quite a few steps up from putting him in there with someone like you or I, but he's not putting them. He's not going in there with a guy with a great record. Yeah. But I, you know, I can honestly see him maybe in the UFC fighting on a UFC fight night. You know, things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of wins in the UFC, and he's right there on the pay per views and everything. Yeah. It's a it's it's pretty interesting, and it's a cool story, and. The fact that he's making it work is is great. Oh yeah, no, I and I I applaud people like that. Hey, you know if this is your dream, if this is your you know if this is your admiration, just go for it. You know, just yeah, do what you can do. With it. Hey, if it doesn't work out, you can't you can't knock a guy for trying. Yeah, if, if he's aspiring to be, you know, the best UFC not UFC particularly, but MMA fighter in the world, he's he's doing it great. Yeah, you know, hey, he he's doing more than what you and I are doing. Yeah, we got two arms. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. So, so that that was going on, and again, that's kind of a kind of a cool story. It was a good event. Um, they had a, a pretty cool women's fight with the two two ladies making their pro debuts, and. Um, Misha Tate just so happened to be cornering one of the ladies. So that was a what that that was a nice. Little, Misha Tate was the corner man for one of the one of the women. Hmm. So that was a nice little treat for everybody. We got to see Misha is out she, there. Uh, I was going to say, is she showing yet? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I couldn't tell. It's just oh, it's fine. nice to see someone. We we've you know I've seen Misha Tate for so many years. It's nice to see her out there, you know, still working with fighters and whatnot. That was no, cool. I just didn't know. There was some... I didn't know if she was showing the I didn't know if you could tell the baby bump yet cuz you know she's pregnant. Yeah, I know she's pregnant. Um, yeah. Everybody didn't... all all those guys in the in the world are sad by this. But yeah. Um but, you know there was there was some pretty big knockouts. Uh Leomana Martinez, he was he was taking on Casey Jones, and just crushed him in the first round. You know that was pretty cool. Um, Cheyenne, I can't. It's hard to pronounce this lady's last name. Velismus took on Carla Hernandez. Those those two were making their pro debuts, and Carla looked to be winning the fight. She had really good striking, and she was going for some nice submissions. Really solid. Uh, submissions to a, a really close arm bar in the first round. And, yeah. and it just, she got caught with a big elbow and took the knockout late in the fight, TKO, you know. Um, Adrian Yanez, he, he knocked out Nathan Treppinganer. And, and again, these names are killing me, but um, there was a nice Darce choke by Jason Langelier. And then, of course, Nick Newell had a neck crank. I, I tell you what, LFA is a really good. It's not the big leagues, 
like the UFC or Bellator or even World Series of Fighting exactly. But they're right below. They're better than, say, regional shows like I watch at the uh, at the local casinos or something. They're pretty pretty good stuff, and, and they're on Access TV. If you got if you get Access TV, you can check. I mean, they're on almost every weekend. It's pretty cool to watch these watch these fights. Oh, it is. It is cool to watch. You know, the lower guys. At least you know you can kind of get to know some of these guys, and they're you know when they're. You know, at the lower level before they actually, you know, step, you know, start stepping up to either, you know, UFC, Bellator, Invicta. Yep. Yeah, I saw a funny photo on, um, on the Facebook page uh, you and I belong to, uh, addicted to the UFC. A lot of guys go on there. They talk about all sorts of stuff. It's kind of fun. Sometimes it gets really stupid. You know, people get offended. That's one thing about MMA is the people on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, even Instagram to some extent. Instagram's a little bit different, but people get offended so easily if you don't agree. If they think Fighter A is going to win and you say, well, I think Fighter B can win, people are so quick to just rip you up and down. Oh, you're you're a stupid fanboy. You're this, you're that. And it's just nuts to me how fast a normal conversation can go very insulting words, and and people just get nuts over over it. Well, I mean, I take that with a grain of salt. I mean, anyone can sit there behind a screen or a phone or a keyboard and just say a bunch of hurtful things, knowing that they don't have to um, they don't have to face the consequences of it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's, it's just it's nuts. Ah. It's it's hard to talk on. You know, when these events are going on, you'll get on Twitter or or even Facebook and whatnot, and you start talking about what you saw or what you think of this guy or that guy or this girl and that girl, these ladies that are fighting whatnot. And some people, there's always the one person that doesn't agree with you. You know, they, they, they got to start cussing at you. Oh, man, it just degenerates so fast. It's amazing. And the fact that when you've been to a live event, I've been to live events, I've never had a disagreement with anybody, no matter how much, you know, no matter who you're rooting for, I've never had a disagreement at a live event. As no, opposed neither. to I'm, online, it's constant. Well, I mean, people get biased on who they really like. And if you're not rooting for the person they want to win, then they get all butthurt and trying to get defensive. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, then that's why I don't really talk about a lot of shit over social media because of that. I mean, I don't want to have, I just don't want to get, you know, roasted or people, people get butthurt. And then, you know, then they start saying a lot of hateful shit. Very quickly. Because, you know, I, I, I turn to the defensive very quickly, which probably my downfall in some cases, but I'm just not going to let somebody just sit there. I mean, I'm not going to let people just sit there and roast me. If I've got, if I have um, reasons or facts why I like this fighter, I mean, they can't, they can't deny my opinion. Everyone's entitled to that. 
Yeah, I That's read uh, I read an article over the week last week about Captain Gano. And of course it was written after she fought. Now she had just yeah. fought Caitlin Vieira. So of course this article didn't come out beforehand because then it would have made no sense. But people put these articles out after a fighter loses, roasting them, saying how bad they are. And this article was talking about how she only got by with her wins over ladies like Misha Tate or Amanda Nunez because she's so athletic and so tough. But she's really, really bad at MMA. And they were just talking about all these ways she was bad. And then they said they even went on the name Misha Tate as the least intimidating fighter in MMA history, women's MMA. I'm shaking my head and going, seriously, you're talking about Misha Tate, a former strike force and UFC champion, and saying, talking shit about her. Then Kat, of course, after she lost, not bringing into the account that she's, you know, been out for a long time. Um, When guys are out for a long time, comes back, looks like shit. Nobody cares. Oh, he's been out a long time. You know, it's it's just crazy, and it, it it's always preceded with, oh, it's okay because I'm just being brutally honest. Well, brutally honest means you're being a prick. If you come out Pretty with much. that article, yeah, if you come out with that article a week before she fights, then it's being honest because you're saying, hey, she's a good fighter, but she will never live up to this potential or this, this, this is why she's going to lose. You don't come out with it after someone loses and act like you knew ahead of time because you didn't. You're just you're just playing off their loss. And that's kind of uh shoddy reporting. You know, I I only read a few articles and it just depends on well not a few, I read a lot of articles. I only read from a few selected few sites. Yeah. Because a lot of them a lot of them are bullshit. A lot of them are bogus articles. They 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 hold no truth, no bearing, no nothing of what's really going on. They're just trying mm-hmm. to they're trying to shitstorm. Yeah. And to me, that's bad journalism. It is. And, I mean, and ripping up on fighters after they lose, not you know, not even being normal about it, just ripping up on them, is not journalism. It's not. It just isn't. It's it's tabloid journalism at best. Well, I I guess you can honestly say that could be a form of bullying in a sense. Uh, What it is is somebody that doesn't know. They feel bad about whatever they they liked this or that, and and they're just being. They're trying to get people to read their stuff, and the best way to do it is is to trash talk basically. And it's dumb. It's just dumb. It's I like mean, in the UFC. You know, you got, even in boxing, you got Conor McGregor. He's so famous because he trash talks. It's dumb. You know, the guy wins almost every fight he's been in. You know, he lost at Nate Diaz, but that was short notice, whatever. He destroyed Eddie Alvarez. Destroyed him. I mean, I don't even think Conor got hit five times. The guy's a terrific fighter. And he resorts to trash talking to make his money. It's crazy. Well, that's just a way to promote the fight. Basically, he's going out. He's not really promoting the fight. He's, he's out promoting himself. And yeah. a lot of people like me, 
I want to see a guy like that get his ass kicked. But any like any of those fighters say, hey, if you're talking shit about me, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're paying attention. At least you're paying attention to what I'm saying. Yeah. He's getting the attention. That's exactly what he wants. He wants the attention. That's true. And positive, negative, indifferent. Um, he's getting the the attention and the publicity. Might be negative publicity, but he's getting the publicity either way. But I do have to say, Conor McGregor is a shit talker. Oh, yeah. Seen him go into a ring and not back it up. Yeah, it's, he's good, and it's it's weird because the guy is so good in the cage, and you know he doesn't really have to do that. Um, other news, anyway, we'll, we'll move on a little bit. CM Punk apparently says he's ready to go. Um, he he says he's returning at UFC 225. Wow. Yeah, they're going to give him another shot. Now, obviously, if he loses, he's not coming back. I mean, there's no way. I didn't. But I didn't think he. I, I didn't think he'd ever fight again. Yeah. Now, say he wins, that turns into a big time story, right? Oh yeah. That, that would be a big know, time. Story. More power to him again, just like Nick Newell, fighting with one arm, well, one hand anyway. You know, if he can do it, great. Dude, go out there and, and, and prove everybody wrong. And I'll, I'll root for him in that case, to be honest. I'm not saying he's good or anything, but he's been training. He's putting the time in, so that's the important part. Um, UFC veteran. I, I don't know if you know this guy. This guy is pretty cool. Rick Story. Do you know Rick Story? I've heard of him. I don't know much about him. Okay. Well, he's been in the UFC for quite a while. He he left, you know, he was released not that long ago. So he had a pretty good record, you know, in the UFC. Obviously, he was a losing record near the end because, you know, they wouldn't have let him go otherwise, right? You know, he lost to Donald Cerrone recently. Um, but he, he was coming off three solid wins in a row. Uh, including Gunnar Nelson and Tarek Sapodin. He lost to Kelvin Gastelum also, but Kelvin's pretty good. But that was a split decision to Kelvin Gastelum, the same Kelvin who knocked out Michael Bisping, although that was at 170 when he fought Kelvin Gastelum. Right. Um, he did, <laughs> oh, my Lord, he, he lost to Damian Maya in one of the nastiest submissions I've ever seen. Damian caught him, and it's, it's called a neck crank. So it's like a real tough headlock on a lower chin, but not a choke. So it's on your chin, not your neck. And you're cranking somebody's neck so hard. When you're watching this neck crank, Jason, it's horrible because his nose at one point just explodes with the pressure that Damien is putting on oh. this thing. Oh, man, it was nasty. Ah, uh, fuck. I, dude, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to rip his head off. You know? God damn, that was just nasty. So anyway, that, Rick Storrs, he, yeah, he signed over with the Pro Fight League. So he's going to be entering into their tournament, which is pretty interesting, you know. He's a, 
he's got some very big fight experience. So that'd be great. That's a good that's a good signing for him, I think. Yeah. You know, last week we talked about Krokop fighting. Did I did we talk about Krokop? I don't know. We talked about a lot of stuff last week. I really can't remember what we uh, dove into. Well, okay. No, I well, don't think it was Bellator. last week. It might have been the week before last because we had that big interview last week, which took up three quarters of our show. A lot. Yeah. Anyway, Bellator has announced the next fight for Roy Nelson. He's going to be taking on legendary MMA fighter Mirko Krokop. Flipovich. Well, Krokop, he was in the UFC. He He was extremely famous in Japan and pride came to the UFC last came back didn't do all that great didn't do horrible but just never lived up to expectations in the United States like he did in Japan uh, coincidentally he failed a drug test for HGH now they didn't do a spinal tap so I don't know how they got it you, you, you've always said that they can only tell HGH by a spinal tap but they did a that- regular standard blood test and found the HGH in the system. That, well, wow, I didn't know HGH would show up in your bloodstream. Now, the only yeah. reason I've ever said that is because that's what I've always heard from the baseball writers. Because HGH well, is very big in, in baseball. Yeah, quite honestly, Jason, if you only read Mad Magazine, you're not going to get the whole truth. I'm just saying you might want to broaden your horizons a little. So, ah, fuck you. Before you kick my ass too bad, let me get on to something else. <laughs> 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 um, no, no, maybe, you know what? I know what you're talking about, and back when HGH was a big thing when you and I were watching, I mean, back when we were watching baseball with, like, Bonds was coming up and HGH was just becoming known, maybe that was the only way to tell back then. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, but anyway. I mean, I mean and, that goes, and that goes all the way back to Balco. So yeah, exactly. How long has it been since the Balco report? That's got to be ten. That was two thousand two. Yeah, exactly. Oh, longer than that. Holy crap! It's sixteen years. Yeah. So, so he he gets dinged for HGH, and subsequently he retires. He retired from fighting. Never really served a suspension because he retired, but. Not only did he retire, he left the UFC. Then he started fighting again in Japan. So he's fighting in Europe when technically he's suspended over here in the United States. So he can't fight in the United States. Now, it's been over two years, but he was active during those two years. Does this suspension really count as served? Or he signed a fight for Bellator at Bellator 200 against Roy Nelson. Here's the catch, though. That's going to be in London. It's not in the United States. Can he still fight? What about his suspension? Like, what's going on there? The Bellator fight in London at Bellator 200 coming up in a couple in a month or so is actually going to be overseen by the Mohegan Sun Tribal Commission. Athletic Commission, sorry. And refresh my memory. Where are they at it? What's that? Where are they from? Who? The Mohegan Sun Tribal Commission. Uh, somewhere back east. It's, it's tribal. It, they they fight in Mohegan Sun Casino a lot. Military does. Hmm. So he's been fighting in Rinzen. 
in Japan. Um, you know, what's crazy is they knew he was suspended here in the United States, in Japan. But he, he goes yeah. ahead and he knew it. He knows it. Okay, he failed the drug test. But he goes ahead and keeps fighting in Japan. Now, what's to stop anybody? Um, Anderson Silva. Not that the UFC would release him. But if he gets dinged, even John Jones. There you go. Let's talk about John Jones. So he's already suspended for, what, a, a full year? Or is it two years yep. for the California State Commission? Two years. Two years. Two years. If the UFC just releases him, he could go right now, literally tomorrow, and fight in Japan with no issues. That's why, and I think UFC is smart, is they won't release John Jones for that reason. They don't want John Jones to make any money. No, no, it's not that John Jones makes money. It's not that. Excuse me. It's he not, can't fight. Is he still under contract? Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, it's not that they don't want John Jones to make money. They don't want to not be making money off of him. Is what I think it comes down to. Well, in a sense, they don't want John Jones to make any money, so they're going to hold the ties to him, so he can't go overseas and fight. Nope. No, but if they release him. If the UFC releases him from his contract, he can immediately go fight in Renton. Oh, if UFC releases him from his contract, I guarantee you I know who would pick up John Jones. Bellator would pick him up. No, no, no. Bellator probably couldn't because they're promoted out of the United States. And they would never be able to have him fight in the United States. Well, well they'd they make the most money. Well, then he would he he would be forced to go overseas, just like this other guy yeah. did. Yeah, but now Bellator, knowing he had the suspension, is going to take him. And Bellator is throwing it. Scott Coker is throwing it on Renzen. They said, why didn't they go after him two years when they started fighting for Renzen? He's talking about like Renzen and the athletic commissions, right? Um, but there's nothing they could do. He's fighting out of their jurisdiction. So say, Correct. say Crow Cop wanted to fight in New York. No way. California, no, no way. way. Nevada, no way. What? But he wants yeah, to fight he, he, in another country? Well, we don't have jurisdiction over there. Now, and I don't know why we wouldn't have any jurisdiction over there. This is um, it's a U.S. sanctioned fight, right? They're just holding it in London. Bellator, yes. Yeah. So I don't even know how he can fight through Bellator since it's actually, since Bellator is sanctioned in the United States, it is a United States business, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. I mean, USC holds fights overseas. Very often, yes any different from fighting from Bellator to UFC if he's fighting if he's not fighting on US soil it's I guess it's just a question of how does a guy get suspended for using drugs and go on fighting it's it's more of a moral question I believe 
that you and I played professional baseball. Well, we only athletes. one of us was good enough. Only one of us, and that's the one talking, was good enough to play professional ball. You weren't even good enough to play professional ball, you fuck. Um, but hey, we don't need to get you into play that. high school ball. You didn't even play high school ball. I made a high school team. And and, and, and Poe Duck Lakeport. <laughs> fucking. Hey. They, hey. They had we to bring won. You on the, they had, to bring, we they had won. to bring you on the squad to fill a team, you fuck nut. <laughs> well, we did win our section. We won the whole section. We we went down. We beat. We beat a, a team from San Francisco. If you you know what I'm saying, we actually played a game in San Francisco in the tournament and beat them big, big time. Am I? You want me to be? You want me to uh, jump up and down and do backflips for you? No, no, no. I'm saying we. You know, it's funny because you know you you could not make even a junior high uh, softball team, and you know. Me being a high school player, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but you, um, like I said, you made a podunk. Uh, population of your of your school is only. They had to bring you on the goddamn squad just to just to, just to fill just to fill nine spots on the roster. We didn't have enough players. No, no. Um, yeah, we actually though, like I said, we did win the whole section that year. That's that's um, that's pretty impressive. You gotta, you know that. Um, no, all joking aside, uh, professional ball is so now, much of a different. That's such a different. I mean, we played high school ball. You and I. I mean, you were you were playing the equivalent of high school ball down there in Santa Rosa. Um, yeah, professional is so much of a different level than you and I have ever been experienced. Ever experienced. It's crazy. So, but, okay, my point to you was, we're dumb. Okay, we get kicked out of the major league for doing steroids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's going to stop us from getting, going over to Japan and trying out for their major league? They would take you in a heartbeat. And I'm just going to throw this out there. If I was going to play major league baseball and the only thing standing between me and actually playing baseball was steroids, I'd, inje- I'd, 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 I'd inject it in every vein I had. Just saying. Well, wouldn't bother me. Hey, but why do you think Barry Bonds did it? Why did Barry Bonds? Why did Barry Bonds do steroids? Because of the immersion of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Yeah, and they, and were, they you were, know when they were they were making, they were doing Andrew. It doesn't matter. They were making hand over fist. Yeah. They were getting all they were getting all the talk. They were they were. Everyone was wanting to go to Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa because of the home run battle they were in. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Bonds started a juice so he could get into that conversation. And he sure did. And guess what? AT&T Park got built because of that. And if anyone else denies that, they don't know what they're talking about. Barry Bonds built AT&T. Yeah, all, all kidding aside, though, the the steroids that we're talking about in baseball are completely different because you're not actually going to hurt somebody. Um, in fighting, it's a whole different ball game because you're actually trying to hurt somebody and using a performance enhancer. Now, in 
baseball. It's no, it's no different. It's it's no different than football. No, definitely in football, but in baseball, you would have to get the same situation. Say, say you were playing for the Giants um, five years ago, ten years ago, when when we you know of an age to be playing baseball. Yeah, and and you got hit with steroid suspension. You you got caught using um, clenbuterol. Uh, I don't know. Shit, I don't even know a great steroid right now, to be honest with you. Um, anyway, you got hit with a steroid suspension. Now, if the team doesn't release you, no, no, if the team doesn't release you, you have to you have to serve out your suspension. But say immediately. The Giants say, you know what? This guy got suspended. We're done with him. He's gone. He's released. Then you're free to go to Japan, and you can go play the next day. Because yeah. whatever MLB decides, however long your suspension is, what is it, 60 games? 50 games, right? 50 games. Well, 50. I don't know what it is anymore because you're not hearing about it much anymore. But um, as far as I know, it was 50 games for, the, for, the first, for your first offense. Yeah, so 50 games, but you can go to Japan if you get released the next day and be playing for them, and that's totally that's totally legit. That's crazy, and oh, that's what that's what Kershaw did. You know, that's exactly he what the, he did. He, he went, did the he right went to Japan. I would have done the same thing. Well, he did. You know, it's what he did. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm saying it's what he did. So he went back to Japan. Now he's from Europe. He is from Croatia. That's why they call him Krokop, Croatian cop. He was a uh, anti-terrorist police officer there, and a very, very good fighter, as well. But now he wants to come back. So there's the issue: should he be allowed to fight? For and you know, at the very least, he's not even fighting in the United States, but he's still fighting for a U.S. base. MMA organization, should that be allowed or should he have to serve out, actually serve his suspension? And by suspension, they mean non-fighting suspension, not not fighting in the United States suspension. You know, but we have to read the fine print on that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how the suspension was up. Now, is that just a UFC suspension? Or is that a MMA oh, no. suspension? No, they suspend him from any. The athletic commission suspends him. The UFC released him. That suspension is still valid here, in that state. If it was, if it was California or Nevada or whatever. Well, I do remember. Mike Tyson got banned. Yeah. He could never fight. For a while, I mean, I don't know if it, if it was ever lifted, but he could never take those big fights in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's I can't true. remember why. I cannot remember why he was banned from the state of Las Vegas or the state of Nevada. I'm sorry, from the uh, Nevada. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost its own state. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Probably for you know attempting to bite off Lennox Lewis's calf or or threatening to kill his children, which. To my knowledge, Lennox Lewis does not have children, nor is he married. Um, I don't know about that guy. Well, we all know Mike Tyson wasn't dealing with a full deck. But with that being said, 
Um, and I don't think any boxer out there is dealing with a full deck. They're, they've been rattled too much. Their brain is like scrambled eggs. Um, but he got banned from the state of Nevada. A lot of these fights. And I even, I even, you know, I want to look into this a little more. I even want to say he was banned from the state of New York because he did. He was fighting a lot in New York when he first came out. Yeah, he he but, also fought in California. Remember, he fought uh, Jerry Cooney. I think that was in California, wasn't it? That real old. Oh well, yeah. Guy. Yeah, I mean, he fought all over the United States. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, didn't he take that title fight with Buster Douglas in Japan? That was in Japan, yes. There must have been a reason why he had to go to Japan to take this title fight. No, that was back in the early 90s, though, you know. And I know, speaking of, why? Well, speaking of, I was watching this interview with Randy Macho Man Savage. You know who that is, right? I do. Okay. So he was on the Arsenio Hall show before an event back in the day. And this was when the WWE actually had gone to Mike Tyson and he had agreed to come on to a show. But that was before he lost his title and went nuts. So it was Buster Douglas that actually ended up being on the the event. Um, And they were talking about that. Arsenio Hall was asking the Macho Man about Mike Tyson, and he was just hilarious. He's all, oh, Mike Tyson, in Macho Man's voice. He's all, he's been in the news a little bit, hasn't he? And everybody was cracking up, and for the life of me, I can't remember what was going on back then. I think right after he lost, was that when he got hit with the rape case, or didn't he have I, one more fight after that Douglas loss? I, you know, I want to I want to look at that more, but I want to say right after he lost, he kind of went off the deep end, and then he came up with yeah. that rape case, and then he came out of prison because she said it wasn't true. But this was after five years of him being incarcerated. No, no, and then he, he was only in there three. He, what's that? He was only in there three years. It don't matter. He was incarcerated for a while. Yeah. He was never the same when he came out of prison. No, it, I mean, three years is a long time to be away from that boxing. It just yeah, is. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I, the only thing you really can, you can't train, the only thing you really can do is lift weights. And he actually well, came back, back and I, I thought, I thought he looked and, and like he was in better shape. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine he got in too many fights in prison. Oh, no one was going to mess with him. No, I doubt it. I, I, I doubt he even made it into the general population in three years. I mean, they couldn't have done that, could they? Because imagine how many of those guys would have just wanted to fight him just for the, just to say they fought Mike Tyson. No, they would have put him. No, they don't put child molesters or rapists in general. In general, pop. This is by what I understand and by what I've read, because those guys are going to make. Um, guys in prison, two things they don't like are child molesters and rapists or any type of beating of any woman or child. 
It's funny you, because you, they you, end up, you, you know, they end up doing the raping in prison, which is funny, you know. Very true, but they don't put those type of guys because they don't like they don't like they don't like people that have anything to do with women or children in prison. You've immediately hmm. got a target on your back. I watch a wow. lot of these prisons, like on uh, National Geographic and the Discovery Channel. Yeah. And, they, and they've even stated it. Wow, very interesting. See, yeah, it, you can go to prison for murdering a man. Yeah. Uh, protecting your family. Dealing drugs. You're fine. Put into prison for rape. Uh, child molestation. Killing a child. Killing a woman. Things along those lines. Yeah. They put you in protective. They put you in protective custody because, of course, the prison doesn't want a murder on their hands. They don't want to deal with yeah. that. And with the power of Mike Tyson, those guys. I mean, you hit them once. Mike Tyson's got the the ability to hit somebody once and kill them. I mean, he's like, a trained. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he Plus will he's really a celebrity. hurt. Plus, he's a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Mike Tyson was around a lot of people, and I, and that could be a reason why he came out so crazy. I mean, who I in the right so. mind, who in their right mind is going to be boxing match? Not once, but twice. Bit holy fear, holy filled me here. I mean, the first time he actually bit a chunk off of it and spit it out on the mat. Yep. And I want now, to say it was. Uh, in, in Mike Tyson's defense, Holyfield was a dirty fighter, and Holyfield headbutted him at least four times in the first round. Tyson had a huge gash on his head from Holyfield headbutting him, and he got pissed off. It wasn't like it was a straight. Straight up fight. Holyfield was fighting dirty as fuck, as Holyfield did. Holyfield was just that type of fighter. But, yeah. in Holyfield's defense, clean because he was never warned or docked points for it. Well, no. Holyfield was warned near the end, but uh, he should have been warned so many times because he always led with his head. He really did. He jumped in with his head so many times, and it was ridiculous. That guy was a dirty-ass fighter. Plus, not to mention the fact that he used to fight at, like, 180, and then all of a sudden he comes back a couple months later at 240, full of muscle. Yeah. It's, it's just it's crazy. That guy was a dirty fucking fighter. Not that he was I mean, a are you fighter. Saying... Don't get me wrong, but he was dirty. Back, I mean, back in the late 80s, early 90s, maybe through the midway through the 90s, do you think they were yeah. really regulating steroids back then? They could have been, because it would have the hole in the cup. I mean, uh, And again, I'm not saying I, I wasn't a big fan of Holyfield either. I loved watching that oh, guy I, fight, but he was a dirty fighter. Because Mike Tyson never showed the signs of blowing up. Mike Tyson was the same size as he was. I mean, of course, he, you gain weight as you get older. Yeah, he, but he, he ranged from, what, about 220? To 230. He didn't get above 230. 
I want to say he was ranging anywhere from 215 to 245. You know, just like anyone no, he, else. You know, he never you, even you hit cut down from, I, I bet you, I bet you Mike Tyson was w- walking around back then. I want to say he was walking around at 240, 245 no. walking weight. Fighting no, weight, he yeah, didn't he was weight. 220. 220, 220. He was, yeah, but he wasn't like a... But he doesn't matter. Mike Tyson's physique never changed. No, it didn't, did it? It never changed. Oh, of course, it changed later on in his career because he was getting older. Yeah. Yeah. But when he was fighting constantly, when he was on top, his physique never changed. It's not like Barry Bonds where he was a skinny rail when he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then a couple of years into playing with the Giants, he blew up like a balloon. He looked just the <laughs> of a man. Even his head got bigger. Remember, even his head got bigger. That's the best yeah, part. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, his head was as big as Bruce Bochy. Oh, Bochy's man. Got a huge, and Bruce Bochy's got a huge melon. Yeah. What do they say? His fitted hat size is a size 12? Jeez. Mine is what six and six and six and an eight on a fitted cap. Yeah, that's crazy. He's got his head is twice the size of mine. Jesus Christ, Bruce! You know, you know. Funny story. Back in high school again, when I played baseball, we all got fitted caps because the school I played for, we uh, they let us get fitted caps, you know, for for the team. Which was exciting. You know how that is back in the 90s. Um, and I remember we had to size our heads. And I believe I was a seven, um, something like that. Well, the only way I had to size my head was this, this guy. He said, hey, try my hat on and see if it fits you. And back then, you know how kids are with their hair back then. I could not handle <laughs> having a hat on my head. It was gonna, yeah, it was going to mess my hair up. Let me get you. So I put – You got my <laughs> No. I put his head on barely. I said, dude, this doesn't fit. I need a seven and a half. So I literally got a size, at least a half a size bigger than what I needed. I played a whole season with a hat that was so fucking big on my head. I couldn't even see. That's fine. Just because I didn't want to mess my hair up. It was ridiculous. Man, it was, it was the worst move I ever made. Dumbass. Tell me about I didn't it. Give a fuck. I, I, I didn't give a fuck what my hair looked like back in high school. Yes, you did. And I know you did. Actually, no, I didn't. I always wear a ball cap yeah. anyway. No, I didn't wear caps, you know. But uh, except oh, for baseball, it was just man, that was funny. That was my first experience, also with a fitted cap, though. You know how it is growing up, little league baseball. Kids don't know about them. Probably maybe nowadays they know a little bit more about them. But back then, it was all those adjustable hats, man. That's all I'd ever worn. And uh, yeah, oh, it was different. I, re- it, I, I I remember a story back when we were playing ball. Yeah. So, I don't know how your jersey got left at my house, but I wore it. That was your fitted um, Mets jer- or your button-up Mets jersey you had. I don't know how it got left at my house, but oh, you got mad at me. So I ended up playing winter ball because you stole and it. I played Mets, and yeah, I had my it. name. <laughs> I had my name stitched on the back of it. Yeah, because you stole it from me. 
It didn't get left at your house. You stole it. I didn't steal it. It got left in my house. You, yes. I brought it down and showed you this really cool Mets jersey I bought, and it was gone out of my bag when I left because you stole it. No, you, no, you left it in my laundry. I did not leave it in your laundry. I wouldn't wash that thing at your house. Why? Nor would I ever get it dirty. I never wore the damn. I never even had a chance to wear it. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> yeah, and then I ended up having my name stitched on the back of it. Oh, you yeah, were I never kid. Got yeah, you still owe me one too, by the way, because I never got that back. Next time I see you, I you better have a mattress in your hand. I'm just yeah, saying. With what money? I'm 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 unemployed, fucker. <laughs> uh, okay. So, we didn't really get a, a resolution on this Crow Cop thing, but there's, it's a little murky. You know, it really is. It's a little murky. Um, he has been out of MMA in the United States for two years, but he's still been fighting. I think, personally, I would like to see a global organization for combat sports. If you get suspended anywhere in the, in the world, if you get fucking suspended in Brazil... For steroids, you can't fight anywhere. I would like to see that implemented next. USADA has been great. I think they need WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, to take over. Yeah. Maybe not take Just over. Like, that's, Maybe what the, that's, what the, that's what the Olympics use. Yeah, WADA. I think take over is bad. I don't mean they should take over the drug testing. I mean recognize. I think the, the, the organizations in Japan, Rinzen, one. Um, all that stuff, the Asian organizations, um, everywhere. I know there's some in India, there's African organizations, um, Mexico, South America, Canada. They all need to recognize when a, when a person gets suspended, if you go fight in fucking a bar in Saskatchewan that's a pro fight and you get suspended for steroids, you're suspended everywhere. That right. needs to be recognized. Yeah, but um, Japan, Canada, all mm-hmm. these other countries, they're not going to, and I, this is the only reason I think this won't happen, and, but I completely agree with you. Um, okay, you get, you, you get popped in UFC, you get popped in Bellator, you get popped in, in Invicta, whatever. Yeah. Those are all U.S.-based companies. Even though, yes, they do fight out of the country. But now, okay, he, he, he got suspended. So he decided to go fight yeah. in Japan or whatever he decided. To, they're not going to turn down that money because he's, he's going to he's gonna put people in the seat. Uh-huh. That's the only reason I think that won't happen. But I do agree with you. They need to get WADA or these other international drug agencies involved or drug testing agencies, let me, you know, rephrase that. Like you saw yeah. it, you saw it as good. But they, if they want to make this worldwide, they need to do something like the Olympics does. The Olympics doesn't use USADA. They use water. Because when you're, you know, on the Olympics, it's all, you know, it's worldwide. So everything's got to be fair. Yes, very true. 
So, but I don't think that would happen. No. On top of this, we have seen, we have learned Rashad Evans is moving back up to 205 pounds, and uh, he's going to be fighting Anthony Smith at UFC 225. Um, Rashad is a guy. He was on the Ultimate Fighter 2, won that tournament, the heavyweight tournament, dropped to 205, won the title there, lost it. Very good fighter. Been around for a long time. Um, I, I have to imagine this is really close to his last fight. Um, and a little bit more news. I mean, we don't have much more to go on today. Um, but I do want to talk to you, Jason, about this. Now, this comes straight from the mouth of Chael Sonnen. He says George St. Pierre versus Conor McGregor is going to happen. Really? Yes. For all the shit Chael Sonnen talks, he is almost always right when he talks about stuff like this. I hope it does. Yeah? I, I, I want to see McGregor back in the octagon. I think that'd be a fun fight. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't have it. George St. Pierre, he said, he has said he can make 155 easier than he made 185. Well, then, fine, great. Finally, fucking Conor McGregor can actually defend his title. No, no, no. He won't have the title by then. The title is going to be fought for on April 7th. Um, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's going to be for the, not the interim lightweight title, the, the um, undisputed lightweight title. Being Conor, they're taking it off of him. It's, it's, they're not going to do it beforehand, but they're going to do it probably the weekend of that it happens. They're going to announce. We're str- it's going to be huge news, and it's going to make the fight even bigger. Wow. Everybody already knows it's going to happen. So, there's one. We touched on it a little bit last week. Now, mm-hmm. of course, it broke, I think, the day of our show. Okay. Now, we both have had a week to kind of stew on it. Um. Because my position has changed. And this is going oh, oh, back. Oh, this is the good one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Goes, before we get into that, before we get into that, though, what do you think of this fight, Connor and George? Oh, oh. Um, I think I'm going to take – I'll take GSP in that fight. That's a good fight, though? I think I it mean, is. George St. Pierre – he was and is, I mean, maybe not currently, but he was the best middle or best welterweight ever. Best welterweight fighter ever. Goes up and not and and finishes Michael Bisping for the title at 185. Now, could he beat some of the other heavier heavier middleweights? We're not sure, but could he actually drop down to 155 successfully? And you think he would just wipe the floor with with a Connor, or you think it'd be a good fight? What do you think? No, no, no. I think it's going to be a good fight. I just see GSP winning this fight. 
I would think he would dominate that fight. I wouldn't say dominate. Connor is too good of a fighter to be dominated. St. Pierre, he would, I just think he would absolutely ragdoll Connor McGregor. Ragdoll. Him. And he might. He might, but I really think it's going to be a lot closer of a fight than what you think. I think it would be about as close as Conor McGregor versus you. Or I. I think think George would handle Conor about the way Conor would handle one of us. Maybe even both of us. Okay, you and I you and I couldn't even get into a ring with Conor McGregor. (laughs) I mean, if you and I together... He'd have us both knocked out. If you and I together, if we got together and actually could tackle him at the same time, we might last more than 30 seconds if we could hold him down for a little bit, but I wouldn't wouldn't think it would last very long. (laughs) It's not going to. (laughs) It wouldn't take him all that long to knock us out, probably. Um, At least put put us in a little ball. (laughs) Oh, no. Get us in the fetal position in the cage. Oh. Know what he'll do? He'll just fucking run up. he'll run up and pull up a pull up a WWE move on us, and he'll just head, he'll make us headbutt us uh, headbutt each other. We're, oh and that shit! The way we knock out. That would be the most embarrassing way to go out, man. <laughs> the last thing I remember is your <laughs> ugly face coming right at mine. Oh man, I'd be like, God damn it, he got us again. <laughs> oh jeez. Right. Oh yeah. shit. No, okay, um, so. I think. I, so, I think yeah, it's going to be a better fight. I think so, but before we go, now I want to I want you to talk about the big story from last week. This was a big story last week, and it still is. Um, tell everybody what you what you learned over the week, and and what you think about the the test results for Canelo Alvarez. So, just to kind of refresh everyone's memory, Canelo Alvarez tested positive for clenbuterol. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've learned doing a little research over the last week, you already gave us your opinion. And why don't you refresh everyone's mind before I get into this? What was your opinion on the whole, on the whole thing? My opinion was he was dirty. Um, I don't believe that he didn't know everybody. Um, this is a professional athlete that makes his living on his diet. He's got nutritionists, dietitians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. My opinion was he was either coming off a cycle or masking agent, the masking agent, whatever he used, didn't work, and he's dirty. Now, my stance on the whole thing was, since it came up as trace amounts, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. Knowing yeah, that is he not, is... Not trans- the worst thing in the world either. So, knowing that he trains in Mexico, yeah. um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going out and wandering the streets and having a street taco. No, not at all. Right? Yeah. But, now... With that being said, clenbuterol. So, people that are trying to cut weight, 
this fits in Canelo's hands perfectly. This is the biggest fight of his career, is this rematch with Triple G. Yeah. People use clenbuterol in weight cutting. And why do they use it? For the simple reason is because they can lose fat but retain muscle mass. That, 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 that would be the most ideal weight cut. Am I correct? Very true. That would be. And, and it's a proven fact. And this goes back years. I even made this, uh, made this, I brought this up last week. Even the soccer team, I want to say it was the whole men's soccer team. I want to say it was like 10 years ago. All of them came up positive for clenbuterol. Yeah. Because of the contaminated meat in Mexico. Now, with that being said, I've already brought up the weight cutting deal on that. They also use mm-hmm. it in people that are asthmatic. But it is a banned substance. So there's clenbuterol in your, your bronchial dilators. Right. Any, you know, asthmatic, bronchial, anything dealing, you know, breathing-wise, they use that. And I want to say that's the active ingredient in the inhalers that they put out over the counter, not over the counter, as a subscription. No, no prescription, but um, it's prescription. You've got, to, you've got to be prescribed albuterol. It's still a buterol. Yeah, yeah. It's still buterol. It doesn't matter. What. Yeah. It's still a buterol. It's still yeah. But but since it's a known fact in Mexico, and I even want to say it's the known fact in a few other countries that they inject. I don't know, and I know it's just not cows. It's got to be in pork, things like that. They inject meat with clenbuterol to cut down the fat content, and you get more steak. You get probably a higher concentration of steaks out of it. Knowing, knowing that, knowing that Mexico, this has been a problem in Mexico for probably as long as we don't know. No. These Mexican athletes cannot use this as an excuse. Nope. Especially, especially with Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. He makes this is his living. He is a he's a trained fighter. He trains in Mexico. He's a millionaire. He's got dietitians. He's got nutritionists. He's got everything. He, yes. There's no way he should be popping dirty because of contaminated meat. He did this, but he did this to himself. He knew what he did. Yeah. It doesn't but matter again if, if you took this, this unknowingly. Yeah, you've got to be responsible for what goes into your body. No, I I think he knew, but on top of that, the thing about this is, regardless of if he knew or didn't know, or if he's coming off a cycle or going on whatever. Um, he still only tested positive for trace amounts. Therefore, the fight is not called off. So the big question here is, if you're Triple G, if you're, you're Gennady, do you say, you know what, I believe you're dirty, I'm calling this off. I'm saying I'm not fighting a dirty fighter. 
I'm going to wait and say, I mean, I know they're scheduled to fight May 5th. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to fight you until you clean drug tests. Right. Would you blame him and for I, that? I, I would. No, I would. I was just going to bring that up before, and you beat me to the punch. Oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm surprised. See what happens when we don't going. go over the show ahead of time? <laughs> no. This is what, you know, this, this, what, this is why we do these shows. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because I'm getting ready to bring that up. If I was Triple no, G, yeah. I would say yes, a minimum of six months of clean drug tests. And then, you mm-hmm. know what? Then if he was using clenbuterol, he's lost all benefits of that after six months. Yeah. Yeah. He's only a few months well, away from this fight. So he's already and, reaped and the benefits of it. Much, much different physique. Very, very much so a different physique on those guys. Oh, much different physique. Alvarez and, is, is, yeah, he's pretty uh, pretty built. He is. And I can't remember the fighter's name, but he got popped. And he got tested dirty after a fight. It was a box. Yeah. They had a rematch. And guess what? On the rematch, and he tested positive after the fight was over. Yeah. So they had a rematch. And he came back in. He couldn't make weight, and he came in five pounds over. Wow. You telling me that wasn't the uh, – he did, he made weight because of the advantages of clenbuterol in the previous fight? Or what, yeah, whatever he used that. I do recall Lennox Lewis no, he's, took no, on – um, What's that? No, he got popped for clenbuterol. No. That's what he tested. I remember um, Lennox Lewis, when he, when he won the title to Oliver McCall. Oliver was represented by Don King. And Lennox Lewis got knocked out, I believe, in the third round by McCall. Oh, wow. And it was, a, it was a huge deal back then. But – they interviewed McCall, and he looked like he was going to tear somebody's head off. He could not stand wow. still. He was over the ring. He wanted to fight everybody. His eyes were nuts, dude. And I was – I don't know if it was you or somebody else at the time. I think it might have been you because you and I, we talked back then. And, we, you know, we knew each other. We both liked boxing back then. And I was like, man – and I'm not a very good judge of who is or who isn't on drugs. I, I really am not. But that was one guy I said, dude. I think that guy is on drugs. And sure enough, he failed a drug test right after that fight. Big title fight. And they gave Lennox Lewis a rematch. And it was literally like four months later, McCall was not in his right mind for the rematch. He was coming off the drugs, and he was on more than steroids. He was on some hard drugs. And he uh, he actually started crying in the middle of the fight, and they called the fight because McCall couldn't couldn't go on. He he couldn't stop crying. Wow! Very very strange, and and it just tells you what it, it tells you about boxing. I mean, McCall coming off whatever drugs he was on. I mean, I want to talk. He was on hard drugs. He was on crack or something like literally crack. The fact that he was allowed to fight on crack was horrible. The fact that he was made to fight a couple months later. 
It's horrible. He shouldn't have been anywhere near a ring until he got his mind right and his body right getting off of those drugs. This is terrible. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those. And they didn't care. A lot of those Nobody drugs, cared because he was making the money. A lot of those hard drugs, they do something with your head. Yeah. Very sad. So. No, I just wanted, you know, I wanted, after doing a little more research on that, and I didn't have enough time before our last show to do a much research because I think I broke a few of, what, a couple hours prior to the show, and I was I just got super busy. Yeah. It so was we a, just kind of won And But now that I've had a little time to kind of read up on it and read some, I, I honestly think if I was Triple G, I would not take this fight. No, I'm surprised this news hasn't blown up all over everywhere, you know, because this is a big deal. It is a big deal. And, okay, he's already tested positive twice. And those drug tests were few days of each other. Wow. Yes, it was only trace amounts. I don't care. That tells me he's coming off the end of a cycle. Yeah. And it's only a few months away. But he has already reaped the benefits of this weight cut because of that clinical. Yeah. If I was... If I was Triple G, I would say, and I completely agree with you, no, let's take this at the end of the year. I want to see you clean from here on out. Now, Canelo is moved his training camp to the United States since then, and he is doing voluntary drug tests. I don't know how to take that. He's volunteering someone else's urine for the drug test. I'm just yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah. No, you know it, I don't. That, that that's not it. I just don't it. understand I, how. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I understand if if the amount is so low that they wouldn't normally suspend you anyway, then then fine. But I would still be very hesitant if I was Triple G, and I I would be very very wary of this fight. Now, I'm glad Canelo's moved his camp. And, and is doing what he needs to do to, to appear clean. Um, and I still, even though I don't, I don't think he's 100% clean, I still hope that this was just a mistake. That would be amazing. That you know, that'd be great. That'd be great for him. He made, he went out and like you said, he got a street taco or, or whatever, and or, or went to a night. It doesn't matter if it's a street taco or a restaurant taco, whatever. And not just it don't taco, matter. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he went out and had a couple of meals off his plan, and got contaminated a little bit. Great. That makes me feel very, very good about this guy. I don't think so, but if if it's true, great. The only thing that doesn't – that is kind of striking me is he looked – I won't say he looked bad. Yeah. I think Triple G got – he got hosed. Triple G controlled mm-hmm. that fight. And Canelo's camp saying, you lost that fight. You lost that fight, even though it was a draw. So he's trying to gain an upper edge. Yeah. This is the biggest think... fight in his career right now. And, yeah. what's, and what's funny is he's been training in Mexico his whole life. He's of Mexican descent. 
He lives in Mexico. He has never came up dirty before until now. Why yeah, now? And that's way too suspicious. That's that's what I'm saying. It's way too suspicious. Now, if he would always pop, say, traces him out because he lived in Mexico, well, you know, okay, then maybe his story makes sense. But then, all, yeah, these Mexican, all these Mexican athletes are using that as an excuse anymore. Well, our meat is tainted. Well, don't eat the fucking meat, dumbasses. Well, I, mean, I don't know if it's that easy. I mean, if, if you live in Mexico... Uh, and the meat is all contaminated. It can't all be contaminated, for one. It can't. Not I, every goddamn I, place is using clenbuterol in their meat. It's just, it can't happen. Um, but it also, it can't be that easy to go get fresh, you know, meat that you know is, is clean. I, I There's a little bit of logistic issues there. And, and that we will get into at a later date, I think. For now... It's been, like I said, it was a slow week in MMA, and we had a really good LFA event. Next weekend, we're going to talk a lot about Verdun versus Volkov. That's coming up this weekend. Um, that's going to be a very fun one. I know there's, there's um, what is it, Invicta 26 coming up, 26 or 28. That's going to be two weeks from this weekend. That will be fun, and, and next week we're going to try and have uh, an Invicta, I'm not going to name who it is, athlete, and hopefully we can have her come on next week and kind of run down that card with us because it's going to be a terrific card. I believe there's two title fights. And with that, I'm Brian. He's Jason. We will talk to you next week, same time, same place. Jason, anything else? No, dude. I'm. I, that's about all I can think of. <laughs> all right. For that? We will we will look forward to talking to you next week. <laughs>